It's Angela Yee, and I love to travel. My friends in the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to experience their beautiful islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. USVI is literally one of my favorite places. If you're traveling from the U.S., no passport is required, making travel hassle-free. I love the food, the people, the culture, and the beaches. Gorgeous. Add USVI to your vacation list by heading to visitusvi.com. That's visitusvi.com. USVI naturally in rhythm. Hey, ladies, it's Angela Yee. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com slash RTP. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up? It's Way Up with Angela Yee, and a friend to the show is here. She's a regular. I would say a regular now because it's been one year. This is my third time on Way Up. Yeah, Daryl Fairweather is here, chief economist at Redfin, also author on the Soon, Way. Yes, yes. I, my book is finished, but it's not going to come out probably till next year, but okay. it is is locked and loaded. All right, well, congratulations for that. That's a big deal. Thank you. Must feel good. But you are the person I always tell I always tell you this. I follow you on X. It's called X now. <laughs> uh, just to see everything that you're talking about. And I saw that recently you said, somebody from Nikki Haley's team, please contact me because I want to talk about <laughs> housing. What is it that you want to say to someone from her team? I just want to know what their policy is. I feel like we've I've, I've talked to Biden's team. I've talked to Elizabeth Warren's team. The Democrats, they have a plan. I wouldn't say it's perfect. Perfect, but they have they have policies put together and I want to hear from the other side like what are your policies I think the Republicans could bring a lot to the table they've done a lot at the state level but mm-hmm. I want to hear what they're doing at the federal level and so what has Biden done so far because this is something everyone says you know and by the way from what we've been seeing the economy is doing really well right now under Biden they call it the Biden booming mm-hmm. economy but people aren't really talking about that so much so what is their plan when it comes to housing what's been happening so what's been happening I think some of the biggest policies have come through that inflation reduction act You know, there are climate policies that are tied to housing, like getting housing more resilient and ready for the future. Biden has done a good job at that. For the next year, I think they're going to be focusing more on making housing more affordable, increasing the supply of housing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard for them to do that at the federal level because it's mostly local governments who are in charge of that. So they can try to use carrots and sticks to get them to increase the supply of multifamily housing. It's going to be hard. And they're also focusing on things like the low-income housing tax credit to mm-hmm. get more money to people who really need it to afford their rent. Yeah, I see there is a bill right now that it's been, um, they've been kicking this around for a while, but. It's a $25,000 credit to go to first-time buyers Mm -hmm. that meet a certain requirement financially, a down payment toward Equity Act. It's still not a law, though, right? It's It's a bill right now? 
I think that's right. I mean, there are lots of down payment assistance programs, Mm -hmm. even if that one isn't official yet. There are so many at the state level and the local level. So if you're a first time home buyer, do your research, find out what free money you can get for your down payment. Right. And why wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. Another thing that I see a lot of people doing is buying these tiny homes on Amazon. I see on TikTok Mm -hmm. that's been a thing. Like, I got my first home and they're showing themselves putting it together. Do you see that as something that could be a... Uh, something that really helps when it comes to housing? So there have been a lot of innovations in modular housing, uh, kind of 3D printed homes to get the construction costs down. The problem is that the reason housing is so expensive in cities like New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco has more to do with the land. So Mm -hmm. how are you going to afford the land to put your tiny home on? It's going to be a challenge unless you're going to be building it out in some rural area where land is really cheap. You know, in New York, they're doing this thing now where they give you a credit if you'll put one of those tiny homes like on your property Mm -hmm. for somebody to rent out. And people are doing it, especially if it's a family member or maybe you have kids and you're like, all right, I'm going to rent this to my, you know, my daughter. And then she'll have this home that we'll place on our property. Yeah, they're called additional dwelling units or Mm -hmm. sometimes called granny flats or mother-in-law units. You can put a home in your backyard. It could be a small studio, but they even have big ones that are two bedrooms. Uh, These have been really popular in Seattle. California's passed some laws to make them easier. And yeah, it's great for intergenerational living because baby boomers, empty nesty baby boomers own twice as many homes as millennials with kids. Mm. So one solution for that is for baby boomers to go build a house in their backyard for them to live in, have their kids live in, and they have the grandchildren there too. You have this great intergenerational living arrangement, helps with childcare. So I think that's great. I think we should yeah, have more that. Yeah, that is a good way to look at it when it comes to like, I need some help. Ma, come back here. Yeah. All right, bring the baby to the, um, <laughs> to the, back to the main house. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right, now one thing that you and I discussed, and you know, sidebar, we do talk about things off line Mm -hmm. was let's just say you know because right now housing is something that is a crisis right for sure let's say you're not married but you're dating somebody seriously and you decide let's get a house together what are your thoughts about something like that and what types of things should be put into place or should you just not do that so it's weird to me that people will go to the step of buying a home together before getting married because i view marriage as mostly an economic contract. Mm -hmm. And when you're buying a home together, you're also entering into an economic contract. So I think you should take it as seriously as if you were getting married. Because if you were to break up, you need to figure out what's going to happen with the house, same way you would if you were married. So just make sure that if you're going to do that, have a contract in place, have <laughs> have a plan for what happens, because otherwise you don't want to be going through that when you're already hating your partner trying oh, to figure out what to do work. with the house. Yeah. I mean, and, and we discussed this the other day on the show as far as how do you discuss finances early? In a, how early should you discuss that? Uh, one woman was on TikTok and she was saying that she met somebody on Tinder, her Tinder match, and on their first date, he basically asked her, do you rent or do you own? Mm-hmm. Is that inappropriate? And when should you have those conversations? I mean, I wouldn't be offended if somebody asked me that because I don't think there's anything wrong with renting. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you own, you'd be less willing to like sell that house to move in with somebody else. That might be something. But I think as soon as you are starting to plan a life together, you got to get your finances out there and get it straight because it's going to affect everything moving forward. Can you buy a home? Uh, that depends on the credit score, how much income they have. And if you're trying to build a life together, you need to get your finances aligned. You also need to get your goals aligned because say you get some great job offer in a different city and and your your partner doesn't want to move with you how are you going to settle that you need to figure mm-hmm. out you you know who's really the one who's going to be um, relied on for bringing home the money and who is going to be more i guess taking the passenger seat it doesn't have to be gendered but just getting that set like 
how are we going to set these priorities, I think is super important. Oh, man, these conversations that people have to have when they get together. And you just uh, touched on something, too, that, and I noticed you also put this on your timeline, mm-hmm. but this has been a conversation. Why do people have such a problem with renting? For some reason, it's been such a taboo, like, oh, I own my house. I'm the, oh, you're still renting? Mm-hmm. For some reason, people look down on it. But right now, it is something that, uh, as far as being a smart financial decision, It's Angela Yee, and my friends from the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to the gorgeous islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. USVI holds a special place in my heart. USVI is truly a magical place and a -a one-of-a-kind travel destination. From USVI's amazing food to the warm hospitality, culture, and breathtaking beaches, USVI has everything you could ever want in a vacation. Did you know that you don't need a passport to travel to the USVI when traveling from within the U.S.? It's so easy. No passport is required when traveling from the U.S., making travel hassle-free. I didn't have my passport because of the pandemic, and I definitely made it over to St. John. Be sure to add the U.S. Virgin Islands to your list of places to vacation this year. USVI is one of those must-see places. Start planning your next getaway to St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John by heading to visitusvi.com. That's visitusvi.com. USVI, naturally in rhythm. Hey ladies, it's Angela Yee. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head on over to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Renting is not the worst way to go. I mean, if you're just running the numbers on how expensive it is to rent versus buy this year, unless you're putting down a ton of cash for your home, it's probably going to be more affordable to rent. And it gets into people's heads because let's say you own a home and you're trying to move. A lot of people don't want to go from owning their home to renting their next home. Even maybe it would be more beneficial for them to hold on to their home, rent it out, and then rent their next home. People find it very weird to like be a landlord of one home and be a renter of another home. I think people want to be the king or queen of their own castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I think that that's the status. It's like, <laughs> I own my home. I can do what I want with it. And it's mine 100%. But if you're getting a mortgage, you know, the bank... You don't really own it yet. Yeah, they (laughs) co-own it. (laughs) They can still take it from you (laughs) if you don't make your payments. I saw this conversation go viral on Twitter, too. Uh, Somebody had tweeted 
Um, so I, my whole house is paid for, but I still have to pay these property taxes every year. So really, I don't own it. What's the point of buying a house if you still have to pay property tax? And so many people weighed in on it. Some people were like, yeah, she's right. But then there were people that tried to explain what property tax is for. So I would love for you to talk about that here, because some people feel like, man, you never really own anything if you still have to pay property tax. The thing people need to understand is that the value of your home, it's not just what is on that piece of land. The value of your home is determined by the quality of schools, how well are the roads maintained, how safe is your neighborhood, what amenities are there, and all of those things are typically paid with with property taxes. Mm -hmm. So if you actually want your home's value to go up, you would want to be contributing to better schools, better parks, all of that. So I think that we need to start understanding that even if you own your home, it's you still have an obligation to your community and your community is also providing something to you and it should be reciprocal. Yeah, because they can, once again, if you don't pay your property taxes, take your property from you. That's but true. but it's not supposed to be going toward nothing. Obviously, that is for everything that's being maintained. Right, right. It. Because if everybody else is chipping in for mm-hmm. the schools and the roads and all of that, it's not fair that somebody isn't paying their property taxes and contributing their fair share. Now, as we're thinking about the elections this year, mm-hmm. do you think that this housing crisis is going to be something that politicians have to address as they're running for office? I think they do have to address it. And if you look at the data, the economy is doing so well, but consumer sentiment is not matching. Like how people feel about the economy is not matching the way the economy is from like statistics. And I think the big disconnect is that people have a hard time feeling like the economy is good if they can't personally become a homeowner. Mm -hmm. Because being a homeowner is such a part of the American dream. It's such a status symbol in America that you don't really make it unless you own a home that people aren't going to see Biden's economy as a good one if it's one where they can't afford home ownership. You know, Grant Cardone, he's definitely a person who is always pushing renting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Basically, he says, what does he say? Live where you rent. Mm -hmm. And rent what you own or something like that. That's his... Um, like he's separating it, like buy somewhere where it's an investment and then where you yeah, live. Yeah, like rent like out something that you own to mm-hmm. somebody, but mm-hmm. where you live personally that you should rent, um, you know, where you live. I don't know that I necessarily... And, and it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I think being a homeowner, the time that I bought was a great time. My interest rate is 3.25%. and. That You're is lucky. <laughs> right now. People are jealous. And, and for people listening, and I had to, um, I was showing somebody this, the difference when your interest rate is a 3.25 versus like a 6%. Mm-hmm. And it does make a huge difference as far as uh, what you're paying monthly on a mortgage. You know, so people have to understand why your credit matters and why having a good credit score and getting the best rate you can possibly get matters. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, uh, interest rates, people are waiting for those to drop. And we keep hearing in 2024, those rates will go down. Um, What are your thoughts on on what's happening? I know nobody can predict it, but we can see what's going on. And you're the economist. so. Well, the chairman (laughs) of the Federal Reserve came out this week and he was basically saying, you know, don't hold your breath on us dropping interest rates. We're going to wait for inflation to get down and be even more consistent. We're worried about the economy growing and that driving up interest rates. So basically what that means is that if you're buying a home, don't bet on interest rates coming down this year. They've come down a little bit since November, but they're probably, I mean, the chances are they're probably not going to come down all that much more, which I think takes some of the pressure off. You don't have to feel like you need to time the market so much. Mm -hmm. Just figure out what you can afford, what homes are out there. If you can afford it, great, go for it. If you can't, rent, nothing wrong with that. And, you know, the economy is in a really 
interesting place. It's growing so much, which is why interest rates are high. And what that means is that if you have a job, you're probably going to have more job security. If you have um, some stock compensation or some investments are probably going to do better. And you might actually end up being in a better position with more money to put towards your house next year, assuming Mm -hmm. the economy keeps doing so well. Yeah, what I'm reading is that wages are outpacing um, inflation right now, Mm -hmm. which is a positive thing when it comes to the economy. Um, And now let's also talk about commercial real estate, because that's something that has been an issue with people not going in the office the way they used to. I see that banks are now pulling back from lending for commercial properties, you know, also. But is there a way that this can benefit when it comes to the housing crisis that we're having right now? So commercial buildings are being converted into residential. That's happening in New York City. And it's a great thing when it works out, but it can be expensive to do, especially if there are regulations. So one big barrier is that if you have a home, an apartment building, there needs to be windows in every bedroom. There needs to be a bathroom. And a lot of these commercial office buildings, they're designed so all the bathrooms are in the center. There's only one. The plumbing's only in the middle. And they have these huge layouts where the windows are on the outside. So it's just really expensive to convert them to meet the regulations. If they change the regulations and kind of were more flexible about how these spaces could be used for housing, that would allow even more of that to happen. Right now, you know, it's there are some projects that are great, but I don't think it's going to make a huge difference to the housing market this year. All right. And another thing that's a, a big issue, and I would really love for you to talk about this, is migrant housing. Mm-hmm. And so we see in New York, you know, I, um, I walk past certain hotels that have been converted and buildings. And so some people are saying that they feel like we already have a crisis of people who are unhoused living in our neighborhood. You know, we see that in California and San Francisco. We see it in New York and Chicago. But then there's migrant housing that they're providing for people who are coming here as they're um, waiting to see if they can stay in the country. So these and, you know, the whole thing is a cycle. Mm-hmm. But what um, is the connection when it comes to making sure that people who are uh unhoused are able to get housing, but then they're feeling away because they feel like, well, these migrants come and they get housing, but we can't even get it. I I think that the need... It's Angela Yee, and my friends from the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to the gorgeous islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. USVI holds a special place in my heart. USVI is truly a magical place and a -a one-of-a-kind travel destination. From USVI's amazing food to the warm hospitality, culture, and breathtaking beaches, USVI has everything you could ever want in a vacation. Did you know that you don't need a passport to travel to the USVI when traveling from within the U.S.? It's so easy. No passport is required when traveling from the U.S., making travel hassle-free. I didn't have my passport because of the pandemic, and I definitely made it over to St. John. Be sure to add the U.S. Virgin Islands to your list of places to vacation this year. USVI is one of those must-see places. Start planning your next getaway to St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John by heading to visitusvi.com. That's visitusvi.com. USVI, naturally in rhythm. Hey ladies, it's Angela Yee. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. 
Head on over to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Uh, The long-term unhoused population are different than the refugee population, which makes it, like, not really a direct comparison. A lot of times, long-term unhoused people, they need services. They need, like, mental health services or rehabilitation, rehabilitation services that refugees don't necessarily need. The refugees may be coming with families. They may have ties, and it's just, like, a temporary housing situation until they get settled with Um, with family members elsewhere. So I think it's just two different challenges. But overall, both of these things would be better addressed if we had an abundant supply of housing. Mm -hmm. And that means all kinds of housing, everything from single residence occupancy housing, where you you don't necessarily have a bathroom or a kitchen in your unit, it's more shared. Those kinds of housing units can bring down the costs and, and make it so that unhoused people and refugees just have more options and we're not so constrained. You know, I saw you um, speaking with Elizabeth Warren's people, too, <laughs> on social media. And she's like, just build more houses. Mm-hmm. And that is, is that the solution? It's not. I mean, it is a solution. But like, how do you get to that solution? Because right. <laughs> there are a lot <laughs> of barriers. Yeah. And one of the biggest barriers are just local homeowners blocking housing. If a new development goes in, people start showing up at their city halls complaining that it's going to block their view or, you know, it's going to bring in the wrong kind of people. You know what that means. So... I think we need to create the incentives where those people don't have as much say over what housing goes in. Because if you're a homeowner, you're good. Like, mm-hmm. And you shouldn't be blocking housing that could potentially be used for families and lower income people who really do need it. So I think we need to kind of shift the power, give more power potentially to the states or even the federal government, because it's becoming such a national problem that we do need a, a more broad solution instead of just leaving it up to local governments. You know, alongside of that, mansion taxes. Mm -hmm. We see a lot more states are considering these mansion taxes. Like you said, if you own a home, you're good. You know, so we shouldn't um, want to block other people from having the ability to have some place to sleep at night for themselves and for their families. But we see in California how much that mansion tax has been affecting uh, homeowners and people wanting to sell their homes and even people wanting to buy homes. So what do you think about the mansion tax? And is that something you feel like should be expanded into other states? I'm I'm okay with taxing with taxing. housing wealth, but I think you have to design it in a way that actually leads to more housing getting built. The way the mansion tax was was designed in LA was honestly pretty dumb. What it does is that it taxes you at the point of sale. So what's happening is people don't want to sell anymore. Mm-hmm. Houses that, you know, are sitting on three million dollar plots of land they're old, they're, they, they're run down, they could be sold and developed into apartment buildings now that the zoning laws have changed, but if they're getting taxed because they sell, they're not going to sell, they're just going to hold on to it for as long as they can. So I think if you're going to tax the wealth, tax it in a way that actually motivates people to build those additional dwelling units that that 
actually creates more housing. And one thing that could do that is taxing the land value as opposed mm-hmm. to the property. You own that building in Detroit, right? Yes, yes. Indeed. So yeah. So they're they're proposing a land value tax there, which would mean that mm-hmm. if you own a big apartment building, you get a benefit. You get a lower tax because you're only getting tax or it's only being based on the land value, not on the property. We should be giving benefits to the landowners that are actually developing housing. There's so many vacant lots in Detroit yes. where people pay almost no taxes and they just sit on it waiting for the value to go up. You know, that's interesting because that building did come with a lot across the street. Mm-hmm. And so we've been so focused on on the building that we're trying to figure out what are we going to do with this lot right. um, that's sitting here. But we're like, man, they're about to uh, put a big tax on this empty lot that we got. Because we were thinking, can we make this... Uh, you know, for parking, like, what is it that we can do with this? Because, you know, like I said, um, building on that, we might just have to sell it. Because I don't, I don't think I have the funds right now as I'm working on this to that's try fine, to. Yeah, you know, I know. make some money on the sale, and that, but that's what the <laughs> land value tax is supposed to do. It's yeah. supposed to motivate you to either sell it or do something with it. Don't just sit mm-hmm. on it because that doesn't do anybody any good. So. Right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. Now, I want to talk about your book. So let people know what your book is about, even though I know, you know, you're done. It's early, yeah. but I'm excited. And so I, and just... I do have a sub stack. I have, so if you're if you want a preview, you can start reading my sub stack. Oh, okay. Hate the Game is the name of the book. You can go to hatethegame.substack.com to read like a little bit of a taste of my writing style. But the book is about how to use game theory to advance your career, to make decisions like how to buy a home, how much to offer, how to make relationship decisions. Economics can inform so much about making the right choices. And basically what it comes down to is anytime you make a decision, you got to evaluate the costs and the benefits and how does that compare to your next best option. So if you're going to buy a home, how does that compare to renting? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be making more money owning the home or renting? How is your life going to change? How do you weigh things like being close to work? How do you weigh things like being able to do what you want with the home? Just putting the pros and cons list all out there and actually putting a value to it can help you make those decisions. And if over time, if you keep making decisions that way, you're going to see the benefits just keep growing until you have the career that you want. Uh, Daryl, do you apply this to your personal life too? Like oh yeah, I'm, I'm... Even I'm, relationships? Like, yeah. is this... <laughs> well, like, I have a whole chapter in it about my marriage and how when you're single, you're playing like an individual game. You're only thinking about yourself, but when you get married, you gotta start acting like a team. And that means having the same goals, the same objectives. I think people end up breaking up simply because they want different things. Right. You gotta be, you gotta be in alignment, and that is game theory. That's a cooperation game. And when you have kids, that comes before everything, too. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to put them first. You know, having uh, conversations for married couples, I know um, somebody who I know, she was saying that her husband would make these big purchases without consulting with her first. So he might do something like buy a whole entertainment system for the base uh, for the basement, like a TV and all this stuff. And or at one point, he even bought a new car. Wow. And didn't even like tell her about it or consult with her first. And that made her really angry because she's like, I'm shopping and buying my clothes in Target. <laughs> and he, he just went and bought a new car. And I'm thinking about like the kids, the family, and he's doing things because he feels like, you know, he can floss and do it. And um, sometimes when you're not aligned in those mm-hmm. ways, that can definitely cause resentment in a relationship. Yeah. And you just got to talk it out and figure out what exactly are the things that you care about? What are your financial goals? What are your personal goals? And sometimes it's just like the solution is, you know, you can have this amount of money, do what you want with it. I don't need to know about it, but everything else we need to talk about. So just like putting boundaries around what are the things that are discretionary and individual for each of us versus what are the things that we really need to be in alignment about. For you personally, like what are some of your rules when it comes to relationship and economics? 
You know, my husband and I, we're, we're pretty much in alignment on things. I feel like we both have similar values around money and how to spend that. Um, I think that one of the things I always try to think through is not just like, what is the monetary value of a decision, but how much happiness is it going to bring to my life? I feel mm. like I'm at a point where my time is actually the thing that I need to focus on more. So instead of, you know, it's it's easy to spend money on clothes, but it's harder to make time for like things that I enjoy. So making those trade-offs and making sure that I'm not just working, working, working and not focusing on personal care. I think that's something I'm working on. And then like you having children, mm-hmm. I saw now they have this bill that they're proposing where uh, children would have bank accounts from when they're born. Yeah, the and, baby bonds. Yeah, right? the baby bonds. What do you think about that? That, seem, that seems amazing to me. I think it's great because so many children have the benefit of growing up in a household that already has wealth. Like if they grow up in a in a homeowner household, by the time they're adults, their parents are going to have equity. They're going to be able to help pay for their college or give them a head start buying their next home. But the kid that grows up, say, in a renter household where their parents aren't accumulating that much wealth, maybe they're lower income, they don't have that same benefit. And if you do it in a way where it's baby bonds, where the money is invested from birth, it has time to grow. It has time mm-hmm. to go up in value in a way that isn't really feasible when you're just giving the money directly right away. So I think it's a smart plan. I th- yeah, I think it's pretty amazing as far as um, for people, because, you know, by the time you hit, I think it's 18, and then you're like, wow, they've been investing this money mm-hmm. since I was, you know, since I was born. Right. You don't even realize what you could potentially have access to. What do you teach your kids about money? My kids are pretty young. <laughs> but I mean, but you know, people start very young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I try to tell them, like, you know, not everything's free. They can't have everything they want. <laughs> That's definitely That's something. That's a good lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one thing I actually, I, I, I do with my kids is I take them to Goodwill mostly when I go shopping. Because, you know, you don't need to buy everything new. Mm-hmm. Like, reused stuff is just as good as new stuff. So trying to show them, like, there are lower cost options that can bring you just as much joy as the expensive thing, I think, is what I'm focusing on. Okay. And then also, like, the benefit of being philanthropic and sharing. Oh, yeah, and definitely. That's great. Helping family out, that's always good. All right, and then um, one thing I also want to talk about, and we discussed this kind of last time when you were here, climate change and the housing crisis mm-hmm. and how those two things are interlinked. Mm-hmm. So just for people listening, because I know it is an election year, and I think that uh, the climate Climate change is something that should definitely be on everybody's agenda and there should be some sort of plan. We can't act like it doesn't exist. Right. Um, Can you talk about how those two things are intertwined? Yeah. So if you own a home, your home's value is impacted by your climate. The weather like homes in California, one reason they're more expensive because the weather is so nice there. Homes in Florida, the weather is nice. That's why people are moving there. But over time, the climate's going to change and therefore the value of people's homes are going to change. Some people are going to make out well because they're their climate is getting better and some people are going to you know be in a spot if they're constantly getting hit with natural disasters that's already driving up insurance costs insurance mm-hmm. costs in Florida have gone up like 30% in one year it's crazy and California insurers are leaving so it's already having an impact on people's housing costs through the is that insurance because of costs. wildfires hurricanes yeah flooding. they pointed to wildfires and hurricanes um, also the cost of rebuilding is going up because the cost of labor and construction and all of that the cost of living has been going up so if your home is destroyed in California it's some like, say you have a $300,000 property. Maybe it's on a big, expensive lot, but the property costs $300,000. It's destroyed. Rebuilding it could cost twice that because right. you're going to have to get new materials, all of that. So that's one reason insurance costs are going up. 
Ooh. Well, listen, there's so many things that we have to think about, but I want to make sure that people, like we know, it is an election year. So all of these things that matter to us, that we can uh, make sure that we are holding people accountable for and making sure that these conversations are being had. I hope Nikki Haley's team reaches out to you because <laughs> I would you. love to hear um, what they have to say. Does Donald Trump have a policy when it comes to... Well- you know, he had four years in office, so we know what he did with housing. He did have the Opportunity Zones, which incentivized um, investment in lower-income neighborhoods. Uh, I think it's they're still analyzing like the effects of that, but I think there's been some success there. I'd love to hear Trump talk more about policy. Right. <laughs> but, well, uh, yeah. He's got other lawsuits to deal with. Yeah. But, but, you know, with the Opportunity Zones, when you bring that up, I know some people have said that it, it is difficult when you don't have the finances like that to because it, it doesn't kick in right you, you have to hold on to the property for mm-hmm. a certain period of time mm-hmm. and some people don't have the luxury to be able to do that yes. you know it so. was a very like developer focused initiative it was for investors not for like regular people necessarily. so that really does help the developers more than it would help the average person because everybody was like yes opportunity zone if i buy in an opportunity zone but it, it that's maybe not just for the average person i think it's a little bit too early to tell but In theory, if you give tax breaks to developers to build a bunch of apartment buildings, there'll be more apartment buildings for people to live in. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we have the evidence yet to say that it's been successful in that way, though. All right. Well, we shall wait and see. And I'll be watching your timeline (laughs) to see what's going on. But Daryl Fairweather, always appreciate you for coming through. We're going to be pushing this book heavy. So I'm excited about that. And thank you so much for everything that you do when you bring attention to things on on social media. I'll make sure that I'm always uh, reposting and retweeting things because I get a lot of my information, like I always say, from watching you. Yeah. And you can follow me. My my handle is FairweatherPhD on Instagram, TikTok. X, Twitter, mm-hmm. or just Google Daryl Fairweather. And, and she name. knows Daryl's a, a guy's name. People yeah. always, she's like, enough. <laughs> <laughs> enough of that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Daryl Fairweather. We appreciate you. Thank you. Way up. It's Angela Yee, and I love to travel. My friends in the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to experience their beautiful islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. USVI is literally one of my favorite places. If you're traveling from the U.S., no passport is required, making travel hassle-free. I love the food, the people, the culture, and the beaches. Gorgeous. Add USVI to your vacation list by heading to visitusvi.com. That's visitusvi.com. USVI naturally in rhythm. Hey ladies, it's Angela Yee. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com slash RTP. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.